Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Dreams to Reality podcast. And today it's going to be slightly different because today is going to be the first time I invite a friend onto the podcast, but not just any friend. This friend actually has a particular skill and also an unbelievable mindset to be in a position that he is in today. So with that said, I want to introduce you to my good friend, Benny or Ben, Lucky Lapham. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, 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 brother. I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? How was that introduction? That was amazing. I felt like a movie star, mate. I felt all, or like a boxer or something, like I was coming out to a ring, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like uh, we should have done like a, a theme tune for you, like the Stone Cold theme tune or something. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly, right, talk to me. Um, for everybody who doesn't know, and just say you was on holiday, you go on holiday a lot, or you did, and they say... Listen, Ben, what, what do you do? What, tell me more about yourself. What do you do, mate? Explain. So I am a tattoo artist in a nutshell. Um, I've been tattooing for about 10 years now, roughly. Um, and yeah, I create masterful pieces on people and build artwork until they look absolutely covered in ink and beautiful. Okay. Um, why, why tattooing? Do you know what? Do you, do you want me to go way back, like where it all started from? Yeah, tell me, why tattooing for you? What What okay, is it about so, dedicating 10 so, years of your life to this craft? It was It was a thing of always, you know, it was artwork. Only being good at artwork in, in or, or not just artwork, shall I say, practical. So drama, art, um, in school was never really academically good at anything else or you know I was I was behind basically in school um was that because of I am dyslexic um but was that because you know I I just wasn't interested in anything else I I felt I was frustrated because I was dyslexic because I was a little bit slower with everything else so my outlet was I love drama and I love that I was either going to be an actor let's quickly quickly touch on that a minute let's we go back. We go back to everything. Um, you said you're dyslexia. Obviously, I've got dyslexia. What in particular with dyslexia do you struggle with? Because one thing I always say to people is, people think if you've got dyslexia, it's the same thing you will struggle with. But there's so many different no, elements to yeah. it. So what was yours? Mine is processing, right? The processing of information. Even though I can listen to a song a hundred times, I still couldn't bloody um, sing the words yeah so yeah mine not at all with that I'm quite good at learning words or with the acting side of things I could learn a script I would improvise as well obviously but if I got lost but I was quite good at that um dyslexia was was reading writing maths the the basics really Mm. um I would like to say English and stuff like that um I would like to say science and stuff like that but I was just more Right, I can't do English and math, so I'm not going to bother with science oh, yeah. because there's just an all round. I like these lessons; those I don't like them. So, I think I made it difficult for myself in school because I was disruptive. Um, mm-hmm. um, because I was, I thought I'm embarrassed. I can't do the work. I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to mug myself in front of my friends. So I'll just be an idiot. Wow! Say that again. You know what I mean? Say that again. So I struggled. I didn't want to mug myself in front of my friends. I was embarrassed. So my way of dealing with the embarrassment and, oh, Ben can't do the work. I don't want to do the work. So it's safe I, to it's say... It's not I can. So it's safe to say you was the class clown. 100%. I was the class clown. 100 million percent. That was me. I, I can remember my teachers and my parents and that saying, 
oh, he's just a class crank. But it was, it was my way of saying, I can do the work. I don't want to do the work. When in reality, I couldn't do the work. I struggled. But instead of going, I need some help. Yeah. So did that become ultimately, did that ultimately become a part of your identity then, especially in your younger years? Becoming in school, the, massively. The class massively. clown. In... People say to me, do I have regrets as in school? Um, no, because it's molded me where I am and I'm successful and I love my job. I, I don't know a lot of people that can go, there's a handful of people in it that can go, I love my job. Like, I mean, we would have genuinely. Met. Exactly. I've met so many people. That is the, This job has opened up so many gates and doors for me. Um, so do I have regrets? No, definitely not. Um, do I wish I'd have treated teachers a little bit more respectfully? Yes. But that's just because I'm a different person now and I think I, can, I give them a higher time. Do you know what I mean? Like, other than that, and, and sometimes I would walk into that lesson and it would be lap them out. And I'd be like, oh, mm. but I haven't, you haven't even give me the chance. Yeah, but I gave you the chance the last lesson and the lesson before that and the lesson before that. Yeah. And you was an idiot. So I'm not even going to, I got labeled or, or the teacher would go to the um, staff room and they would, oh, I've got Ben Lapham in my next class. So I would walk into my next class and they was on me instantly. And I hadn't even done anything. I hadn't been in their lesson for two weeks. Mm. But because I was a dickhead in English, I'm being judged and I'm being chucked out. And my fault, 100% yeah. my fault. Yeah. But so yeah, I would go to drama. It's interesting how you it's interesting how you take that responsibility as well. Did you did you take that responsibility back then? Or not really? No, no, I thought I was victimized. I thought yeah. I was oh, it's always me. They just pick on me. They're singling me out. Oh, it's because this, because that. They just don't like me. But then the <laughs> my drama lesson, my drama teacher loved me. My art teacher loved me because I mean. I, I really did. To be fair, I had a really wicked English teacher, Miss Price. She was sick because she under, she called me a lovable rogue. Like she understood that I was frustrated. She saw past the behaviour, and then I, I began to behave in her class. Um, but she was also my drama teacher, mm. so she knew a different side of me. She knew that I was frustrated. I was struggling, and not to embarrass me, not to pull me, not to pull me in the middle of lesson and go, "Oh, you can't do it." Or mm. I had a um, a a supply teacher who was he was a, a normal teacher but he was covering a class and he said to me I was probably being a dick in his lesson but he said to me Mr Lapham you will never amount to nothing you will be lucky to work in McDonald's mate mm. and that was probably not that there's anything wrong with working in McDonald's but that 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 did something to me that was year 10 I didn't do much at year 11 I got kicked out but that was year 10 and that do you know what that was when i said you know what? i'll prove you wrong even without gcse's i'll prove you wrong and i like to think i did so there's ten, there tends to be a lot of research and things to suggest that if you get kicked out of school the chances of going down the bad route prison and, and stuff like that it, it's quite i could have easily taken that route it's though. quite likely so why didn't you um was it because you was putting on a... No, no, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the truth. And I know exactly, I know the answer to that. So I left school. Um, I went home. My dad said, if you're a big man, you could... I mean, I was never, you know, like, I don't want to paint a picture of, like, I could have gone, like, I lived in the ghetto and all that. No, I, I get it. But you've already already kind of mentioned that a little bit, that you, you somewhat put on an act of this class clown. 
So it yeah. wasn't necessarily that you was a nasty person. It was more that you no. just, you wasn't understood. I was embarrassed. Yeah, you was embarrassed, yeah. So I got home and my dad said, you you got to get a job. Like, you can't, you want to leave school, that's fine. You're a big man. You want to get kicked out of school. Um, big boys, go and get jobs. Like, you've got to pay your way, mate. You're not going to live under, my, my dad was, I had all the love in the world, but he was, and he was fair, but he was like, like you know textbook like you're not gonna lie around here and not have a job like you're not gonna lie about it. i think I, I had a week of just yeah this is wicked i'm home and like rare, rare. and like all my mates were still at school and had a moped luckily and um no oh, you did i would go did. yeah i was one of them <laughs> so i was the first one in my school to have a moped because i was i was in the october so i was a little bit older than everyone else and my dad, Wicked, bought me one. So I had that freedom, I had that independence. So he was like, get on your moped, go and get a job. But I was about a week ago going out to school and sitting outside the school and then getting moved on by the teachers because I'm like, oh, this is Wicked. Why are you idiots all going to school still? But I had no job, I had no money. So, you know, my dad was like, well, you're going to need to start paying rent, mate. Like, you left school, you get a job and pay rent. That's, mm-hmm. that's what happens. So luckily, this is why, going back to why I didn't go down that route, um, I was really lucky. I was a barber. So before I tattooed, I was a barber. That's my first job I had, um, like proper job and um, like, or like a career. So a very good friend, family friend, I call him my brother. Um, he's my best friend now. He took me under his wing and taught me to cut hair. Now, he was recovering alcoholic. Um, he'd been dry, but he was, he was. I think I, I think I met him, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So he, he took me under his wing and because he wasn't in, I suppose he was going through the 10 steps. He, he was dry at the time. Um, I knew him when he was drunk, but he was, he was sober at the time. And um, he just changed my life, man. He was a little bit older than me. Well, he's, I think about seven years older than me, something like that. I might be wrong, roughly. Um, but he took me under his wing and I think the 10 steps was helping him be a better person. So he was like, nah, he was my very voice of reason. And like, why are you going to be an idiot? Why are you going to do that? Why are you going to do this? Like, uh, and I was around older men. Like I was 15 coming into 16. No, I would have been 16. Sorry. Just 16. And he was teaching me the ways of the world. So like, why are you going to be an idiot? I wasn't hanging around with 16 year olds, hanging up the park and being Mm. stupid. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't. I wasn't doing drugs or anything like that because he was clean and sober. I was not around any of that. Like, you, you know, some kids, they try weed or they, I never smoked in school, nothing, none of that. I would, I would go on holiday or I would get people I know go on a holiday to bring me back cigarettes and I would sell them in school. That's how I, I would have a little hustle on. I, I was never. Don't do that, guys. Don't do that. No, me. don't do that, guys. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> but that's what I'm, I was trying to. No, my point was like, I never did any of that. Yeah. If anything, I was I was selling the cigarettes to people. Like, I wasn't smoking them. Is Was that because you had that influence? Or was that because that was already kind of inside you? Um, I'm just trying to work out your I think um, maybe your a little bit was inside me, but. Time. Going down the bad route was never an option with him. I wouldn't have been allowed. Like, mm. he wouldn't have allowed me to go down that route. He he was very much the voice of, and I was, uh, you know, he he used to work for a guy 
who you probably met as well in the tattoo shop, the Italian guy, the older guy. Mm. And so it was like, it was two voices reason. It was uh, the really older one, the, the really sort of, and then I would be in his um, his barber shop on a, um, on a weekend and you'd have all the old school Italians come in and it was all that big respect thing. And like, you know, and, and they would treat you and they would give you tips and money and be like, Oh, you're a good kid. Stay doing this. Like you're going to, you're going to be, it was just loads of voices of encouragement and, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. Well done. I'm really proud of you. So I, I just, and I, I wanted to prove, even when I was just a barber, I just wanted to prove all those teachers. I wanted to go and see them and say, look, I've done it. I, did, I, I didn't I did get asked for yeah. this. I didn't get asked for that. I've just come and I've done it. And I was cutting hair within quickly, six months, cutting That's... hair flat out. But then the artwork started. So I was doing all the patterns in the hair and the design work. And I was still spraying. You've always been good. You've always been good at drawing. Mm. So you've always been yeah. good at drawing. Okay, got you. And you started doing hair. Started to collect a bit of money. Um, Tattoo was my always my goal. Um, or drawing. I, I want to be a graffiti artist. It was okay, you know. So I, I want to do. I loved reading these. I, I remember as a kid flicking through this magazine, and it had all the trains in Brooklyn where they used to send all their tags around New York. And that was like, yeah, I want to do that. So I started drawing them on paper. And then I would do a little bit of graffiti spray up and stuff. I wanted to just be an artist. So did your dad keep his word and uh, make you pay rent? Yes. Yes. I can remember going to the tattoo shop and I think I got, it was like 50, 60 quid for the week. You know, I was an apprentice. He uh, He would give it to me cash. I would go home. And I remember the first week my dad was like, um, how much did you make, mate? And he knew the guy, so I couldn't blag him. I, I was good at blagging, man. I was good at, 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 you know, oh, no, I only made 20 quid, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. And he's not an idiot, my dad. So um, he knew how much I was. So let's say 60 quid. He would say, you've got to give 30 of it to me. Mm, I go, what? But that, that was life. I was, I was, I was a, you know, I thought, I thought when I got kicked out of school, oh, this is me, I'm a, you know, I'm a bad man. I can do what I want. Do you believe in that um, element of taking money off your children for rent? Because it's, it's quite... Do you know, like, I had this conversation with my wife. You either play on one side or the, the other. And I've, yeah. had, I've had the same conversation with my wife. Um, and um, I don't want to fool everybody because I know your story. So I know what you're about to say in a minute. But I would but under, um, with the intention of doing what your dad did. What did your dad yeah. do? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'd obviously started earning more money, and my dad would still take a percentage of not half, but I don't even think it was half initially, but he would take a good yeah, substantial yeah. amount of my money, let's say 25%. Um, and he goes, yeah, I've got, you know, the cost of living goes up, and then I'd earn more money, and I'd think... Yeah, so I still only have to give him say that's a new job, the tax man. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? And then it was it was the next bit, and then the next bit, and then um, I earn more money, and he take more money, and then um, I can remember like moving out. I think it must have been moving out, and I was like, okay, yeah, um, I've saved up this amount of money. I'm I'm gonna move out, and I was really lucky because again, in the barbering world, you meet loads of people. So um, I had a school friend and his uncle. I was really close to him. The school friend and the uncle were signed and he had a flat, literally the end of my road. He did this new build and he's like, yeah, you can have it. I'm moving out. And I'm like, yes, this is my next opportunity to take the next step. So 
he wanted um, a month's rent, the usual stuff. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, um, when's the flat ready? He's like, well, I'm moving out now, so it's ready. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to borrow this money off my dad or I'm going to have to save it. Because as soon as money came in, it was blown In mm. when I was that age. It was gone. Trainers, clothes, whatever. Um, so I've gone to my dad. I said, dad, I've got this opportunity to move out. Um, it's, it's so-and-so's house down the road. Um, I want to move. I'm going to move into it my friend Austin. He's going to put up half the money, blah, blah, blah. Um, but can you lend me it until I'm paid? And in next month and a month, I'll give you half and half. And dad's like, do you know what? come with me so he's like with the money and i'm like oh Stan, that was easy and he's like that's your money and i go what do you mean it's my money and he's gone all that money you gave me i've saved so now you can put a deposit on a new car or a house or whatever but this is yours that's 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 the beauty of saving mate although i did it for you and you were unaware of it look what you can do if you just take a percentage of your money every month or week and put it away look what you're left with and so I was able to go and put my own deposit on my and pay a couple of months rent as well, to be fair. So, yeah, I was I was lucky at that. He, he taught me our oh, dad always bails me out because he saved money, I suppose. But no, it was my money. I I, mm. I worked for that. I was just un, unaware I was saving it. Yeah, you have to create that um, financial intelligence, don't you? And yeah. I guess it's 16 all the way up until, I mean, I've, I haven't even got it yet and I'm close to 30 now, but I'm getting close. I'm getting uh, I say that and I say that was a really good lesson, but I, do you know what I mean? I also very much got, uh, you know, you've, you've got to have savings, you've got to have rainy day money, but um, you only live once, man. Do you know what and it is? Like, do you know what it is? I just don't value money that much. Yes, I agree with you. Do you know what I mean? Like I just don't value it that much. Where I'm going. I love, I love nice things, and I like to have nice things. And as you touched on at the beginning, I love holidays. But I like. I want to see the world. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Memories, memories, experiences. So money, money buys you that. And you know, if you've got enough money to to pay for those things, is it's a blessing. It really is. But you should save some money. You have to have a future just for your kids, or invest, buy things that will make your kids money later on in life. Houses. Jewelry, art, Got you. you know, loads. So talk to me. So you were doing your barbering. Um, you were pretty good at barbering. Um, why did you take the leap to become a tattooist? And surely if you were successful at doing barbering, why would you take the chance and probably the pay cut to then go and do something different? It, it, nail on the head, it was a massive pay cut and it was, it was a risk. Um, don't get me wrong. I loved barbering. I love it. And if I couldn't tattoo tomorrow, I would fall straight back on top. How old your oldest son first? Um, Brody is 12. So was you barbering when he was born? Yes, I was cutting hair. So I was I was in a barbershop in um, Whitehall, Eastern, pretty much. Um, Afro barber. That's Bristol. Some of, <laughs> Bristol, sorry. And it is some of the best experience of my entire life. The banter and the jokes and the laughs in a barbershop. It, I, I would take that back in a heartbeat. I mean, there's banter and there's jokes in the tattoo shop, but you're sort of one on one. Like you can have a little bit of, uh, you know. And the um, error, the error for 
like mistakes are so much smaller, right? The room for error. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If you mess up a man's fade, that's true. Ash. That's true. <laughs> or the hairline. Do you know what I mean? Like that's true. That was risky business. That's like, actually it, true, it, actually. It, and it was the old school rules barbershop. Like it was. Yeah, it was. That's it true. Was nitty gritty. You definitely mate. If if I if I pushed the hairline <laughs> back too far or I took a fade too high, yeah. and we're talking afro hair, so that's a, a lot harder to mm. blend and cut. So it's like, yeah, you you there's not a lot of room for error there. I tell you. <laughs> or if, if you if you if you take a razor to the back of a man's neck and he don't want a razor on his neck, there's fighting going on. Mm. Like, so talk know. to me then. So you had your obviously you had your your son. Um, started obviously family I'm assuming maybe a mortgage at that time to go and take the leap to go and follow a dream because that ultimately is what it was surely I mean, that's I, a risk it was it was it was a dream um, I always wanted to be I love tattoo I love tattoo work so I I got tattooed quite late to be fair um, considering I love tattoos but I think it's because I was so particular in what I wanted done um, so mm. I went to um, I went to a guy who I work with now. I still work with him. Um, I started getting my tattoos. He was recommended to me. I went there. Um, and I was always asking him, like, oh, do you know, can I have a job? If you want any jobs available, he's like, I'm not really at the moment, mate, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I've drawn this. Can you tattoo this on me? It was all this sort of stuff, old school stuff. But um, And we chatted and we got on. He's a Libra. We had similarities. Um, he's a cool guy. And he basically... I don't know why in me, but we knew a few mutual friends, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to leave. And um, his boss was a dick. I'm not going to lie. I treated him like an idiot. Uh, no respect there. So he's like, I'm going to leave. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll help you. So I got my foot in the door. I um, helped him find a shop, helped him. I was painting, I was cleaning, I was doing tip runs, rubbish runs, rah, rah, rah. And um, I just said to him, please can I have a job now. And I think he always had in the back of his mind, he was going to offer it to me, but did. And then, yeah, started um, started working in the. I was still doing two days in the barbershop, or three days in the barbershop, two days in the in the in the tattoo shop, unpaid, just just learning, watching, focusing. And then um, there was a bit of trouble in the barbershop. Um, some people got hurt in there. Was, it, the area wasn't a great area, and um, a lot of gangs and stuff down there. And nothing to do with anyone that worked in the barbershop or myself or anything like that, but just crossfire. Um, people turning up and, and having haircuts and arguments and yeah, yeah, yeah. what have you. So I didn't want to go back there. I didn't, you know, I was starting my new journey. Um, I had to focus on that. And I rang uh, the barber at the time, the owner of the shop. It's still a very good friend of mine. And I was just like, do you know what, bro? I don't want to get caught in any crossfire down now. I'm starting this journey. And he was like, not a good time for me, bro, but that's cool. I understand. I completely understand. And so Mike, the, the the guy that had the shop at the time, was just like, you know what, I'm going to start paying you um, because I don't want you messed up. He saw potential in me. He's like, I don't want you messed up in the middle of all that. So come and um, let's fill your diary. So again, it was like the barber, and I wanted to learn it as quick as I could and start to, um, start cutting hair. I wanted to learn tattooing as quick as I could. So anything I put my mind to, I'm just on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to complete it. Like like when I read a book, I'm just like on it. I, w- I want to finish it. When I watch yeah. a movie, I've got to watch it to the end. Series, I binge them. Um, documentary stuff like that so I wanted to finish it wanted to complete it and I was tattooing pretty quickly uh, di- diary filled up started earning money and then the rest is history and I was really lucky but 
obviously, I'm, yeah, like you said, I've got to provide, I've got to make money. So I want to do it as quickly as possible without, you know, compromising artwork or, you know, people's skin because it's a pretty big deal. And that was that. That was that. So how many hours was you putting, putting in behind the scenes into really mastering your, your craft? Because drawing doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah still... you've, been, you've been doing it for 10 years. But you could still be do something for ten years, but still be relatively average. Where the list and the people who want to get tattooed by you, um, there's there's months and months and months of waiting list. And I mean, I experienced that firsthand before I even knew you. Does that make sense? And it, yeah. it kind of felt like a sense of privilege to get a tattoo by you. So it's, now, it's a process. Now you obviously call me up out of blue. So mate, can you do seven in the morning? I'm like, it's 10 o'clock at night. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I can't. If I get a, can if I get a cancellation. But, it, like it, but, but once, you, once you've got the in with you, you've got the in. But at the same time, um, people are willing to wait a long time to ensure that they get, get the right that's tattoo. Also because, yeah, that's also because I'm doing what you're having done necessarily. I'm into it. Like, mm. I've got a buzz for it. I want to finish it. I want to get stuff that's done. That's the on thing, it right? Because... You just said it again. You want to finish it because you know you've started it. And now I'm walking around doing these videos, pictures with a with a half-ass tattoo. <laughs> yeah, but then don't get me wrong. When when I'm when I'm probably three quarters away through it, and I'm I'm a little bit, I'm already going to be talking about your next time or your leg or your back. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to give you the sales pitch, mate. It's going to come as well, and that's so important. Um, hours I put into tattooing, I don't really stop, bro. It's twenty four seven because the hours I do in the tattoo shop actually ink to skin, needle to skin, is irrelevant of when I come home and I'm looking for reference so or I'm talk flicking. To, talk, talk to me then. Um, the time you spent, say, ink to, the ink to skin, give me a times amount. How much time have you spent above that designing developing practicing improving your skill does that make sense is it two um, times yeah. more ten times more off ten right? times more ten times more i'm i'm still every day i'm learning i'm wanting to be better do you know i mean people would say i'm you know like you said thank you you're an amazing tattoo artist you're the best why do people want to come to you i still don't think i'm the best far from it i want to improve i want to be better Always, I'm constantly learning, constantly watching, constantly trying new things, trying to adapt new designs. But I don't, it, it drives my missus mad because I'm looking at reference constantly, what I can put together. I get an idea and then I evolve it that 100%. Always, constantly, 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 constantly. Don't stop. Obviously, everyone's different and they can't all have or do what you and me do. But it's almost a shame when people don't find a passion like what we've got. 100%. But I've been passionate about anything I've done. I, I think, what's the point if you're not? Explain. What do you mean by that? Just in general. Do you think you can develop that passion then? So, yeah. for example, most of the time... You've got to be positive. Most of the time, we don't like the things we're not good at, right? We don't like the things we're not good at. But if we actually put a bit of time and effort into it and we develop a bit of competence, then we're probably going to start to enjoy it a lot more and feel a bit more motivated and, and start to gain that passion because you're, you're actually committing instead of doing half-assed. Because what I always say is people just go to work, they do just enough so they don't get fired and they do just a little so they never get a promotion or don't go anywhere. Exactly. I always wanted to 
So I don't just go in at a job. It's difficult for me because I've not. I have had run-of-the-mill jobs because in between barbering, if I move shops or whatever, I did something else for a bit. But I always wanted to to better myself. I always I did. I didn't just want to go in apprentice and just cut hair. I wanted to. I wanted that. I suppose going back to barbering and going back to school, it was when I first started cutting hair. I'd be in there and I'd be like, chairs up. Have you ever seen the film Barbershop? Uh, back in the day. Okay, so it's, it's, he's sort of in there and he's like, yeah, I'm free. And they'll go, nah, I'm, I'm waiting been, for my I've, guy. I know exactly what you're on about. I've been in those situations. That's yeah. Fine. So yeah. I'm like in the, in the barbershop. I'm trying to prove myself. The only way I can prove myself is cut hair. I can do this. Like, especially because I was already been cutting hair. Okay, and I was an established barber. I was good, and then I went to the Afro barber shop down in in Bristol in Eastville, and it was like um, no one trusted. I was a new face, and no one trusted me. Like you can't cut hair. Like, so, but just, just trying to, to prove myself, so I have to ring mates and get mates in. Like, oh, can you come in again today? Just I'll do it for free, so I can prove to these guys that I can do a skin fade sick, and then they're going to jump in my chair. Yeah. So. I wanted, again, I wanted to prove them wrong. I could do this. I can do this. And I, I'm going to cut all your hair in a minute. Everyone's going to be waiting for me. They're not going to be waiting for you lot no more. They were going to want me. Then I was doing the writing people's names in people's hair and doing patterns and graffiti and, and designs. So it was just always, I wanted to be bigger, better, bigger, better, bigger, better. And it wasn't even like you said, that money is a material. Yeah, money is nice. We all love money, don't we? But it's wanting to be to be to be better at me personally, but everything in life. So talk to me about the money though, quickly. I don't want to know figures. How much more do you get paid as a tattoo as compared to a barber? Was the risk worth it? I know you're doing what you're doing, so you love it. Yeah. So yeah, the risk was I worth mean, it as far as passion. 100%. But money Obviously, it, pay, it pays more than cutting hair, but it's it's how much you put in. There's, there's other people, there's probably tattoo artists out there that earn less than a barber because... There's probably tattoo artists that earn less than me when I was a barber because they're not putting the, the graft in. They're so not you have bettering people, themselves. Mm, so you have people come into your shop, new people learning um, learning from you and also people who do apprenticeships and stuff. Um, can you see firsthand the people who have it and the people who don't? Yeah, 100%. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even have an apprenticeship in our shop if we didn't see it. It's very, yeah, 100%. It's very select. I can even chuck non-tattooed related questions to people and gauge whether they got it or if I'm going to work with them even. Like what? I don't know. I think I chucked them at you. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm good at gauging. Oh like, yeah. Do I, I want to work oh, with you? What did you ask me once? But I don't know if I gave you the answer you wanted, but I think I gave you a different answer and you was like, yeah, okay, I didn't think of that. Say, yeah. I think it's stuff like, favorite movie stuff like that but what books do you which favorite book what we was talking about the illuminati we was music about- illuminati we was going deep mate we was talking yeah. about moon landings we was talking about everything but it's just i think the best thing what we had when we had that com- those type of conversations um i think i asked you music wasn't it it was like yeah, it was everything you can gauge a lot of someone from but also when you movie. can have a disagreement as well right when you 100%. can dis- when you can disagree with someone and nobody gets hurt like emotionally and be that's like that's what i thrive for and and i think that that's that's the best kind of environment because we had conversations and there was quite a few times actually i think we're quite strong characters where we disagree mm. but it's like actually i take your point on i think this and think that but i still take your point but on. but there's that. also things which i've disagreed with you 
But although I disagree, and not just you, with everyone, if I disagree with something, I will then go and do the research and mm. find out why they disagree like a, with me. Like the word, like, it was like uh, Nipsey Hussle and like J. Cole, and you don't really listen to any new kind of artists. You just listen to like S Club 7 and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so man's constantly reaching for the stars. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then you were like, listen, I listen to Nipsey now, nah, but J. Cole, he's hard. Yes. I'm like, okay, 100%. I'll accept that. And and but you said Nipsey, Nipsey, Nipsey. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went, I went back and listened to Nipsey Hustle and find out for myself, okay, why is Cam's in, you know, and and I'm listening to it. And, and there was elements and there was some, but that six nine you was banging on about, I just I couldn't even put it on. <laughs> I, couldn't even, this- I said that's where he's wrong I'm not <laughs> even I'm not even asking why he's wrong on that 6ix9ine dead no, but for me but like with Nipsey Hussle it was more about just him and what he's done for his community and, and his entrepreneurship and stuff like that and but how, how old are you Cam? me I'm, I'm 29 so I'm not even that much older than you I'm 34 35 and now, you're either I was going to say, you're either 34, or you're 35, bro. Why? I'm coming up to, I'm coming up to 35. Oh, so, <laughs> um, I was, um, I was going to say it was like more old school. So I was listening to like, so my heroes back then, you know, Wu Tang, Nas, Dre. You know, I could two Biggie, Tupac, the classics, Jay Z. They were just. I'm still stuck in that era. Yeah, but Jay Z. I think that was, I think that was a before era because I should have been more. 90s into noughties right but I think being around the barbershop guy the older guy I was listening to the old school hip hop yeah but I think with me that was just a little bit before I guess around your time as well Mm. but I was like I was growing up on DMX I was growing up on Jay-Z still you know yeah I was was growing up on Jada Kiss Um, but I don't don't, with the music I don't know with hip hop I just love I, I love that old school stuff. I'm quite stuck in my ways. Like you asked me what sort of, you know, who is the most successful artist of all time now going off, going su- off successful. Um, not uh, hip hop. I'm talking about. Oh, just in general. Yeah. Who do you think is the all time? If there was a God of hip hop, who would it be? That's such a difficult question. It, it, there's so many, there's so many different loops of it. Um, I want one. Most successful. I don't know who, I suppose my son will now listen to Biggie and he will play Biggie and enjoy Biggie music. So in my eyes, that's a different kind of success. He's still being, beyond the grave, he's still being played. He's still current. Okay, throw it out there though, throw it out there. How much does your son really like it or is he listening to it to impress you? No, definitely. My I dad remember, does, does that make sense? Everyone wants to... Yeah, 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 100%. But um, no, be, coming home and having him play it without knowing I'm oh, about, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Or what you're listening to on your head, like being on the plane, what you're listening to, and he'd be listening to... I think it was Ice Cube originally he was listening to one time. I was like, okay. Do you know what I mean? And then him but saying, yeah, I like Biggie, I like this. He also, don't get me wrong, he's, he loves Travis Scott and all these mm-hmm. new guys coming up, which ain't really my cup of tea. But I'll listen to it with him. And he, so he plays a PlayStation with some of these guys on it and everything. So, you know, he's into it. But um, 
if I'm in hip hop, I love hip hop. But if I'm in the tattoo shop, that is hip hop going on. My go to is hip hop. But if I'm at home, mate, I'm putting on Elvis Presley. I'm listening to the Rolling Stones. I'm a huge soul fan. Soul, Uh, Otis Redding, man. He's yeah, exactly. If if I had to pick my favorite artist in the world, not most most successful necessarily, but my favorite artist in the world is Otis Redding, hands down. Yeah, mine's well, Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye, Bill yeah. Withers, uh, all all of those songs, man. They made me uh, they made me feel a certain way. Um, with that said, so do you have more? Like you're a man full of values, and you know what you're doing. As far as you know who you are, is there a no no when it comes to tattoo tattooing, where you could just take people's money? But have you refused jobs? Have you gone and done a job and you think they're not ready? Have you turned Weekly. down work? Um, Weekly. Talk to me about that whole process. Talk to me why you don't, um, why you don't tattoo when you could just get the money and do it anyway. Why? Um, why are you so strong in your stance there? I think initially at the beginning of my career, I would take on anything, um, but that was more of a learning thing. So I wanted to do everything and then and a maturity thing as well because i guess you didn't really know either you didn't i didn't know what i was good at i mean you don't know people you, either like now you can read body language probably better than 100 percent. i was still learning and um if you look at my work nowadays there's no color it's all black and gray it's realism i do the odd bits of you know other stuff in 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 my in my work but it's mainly just um black and gray so back then I would have been doing color. I'd have been doing everything. I'd have been, you know, trying everything. Um, I think nowadays um, I turn down stuff daily because I want to give that person the best tattoo I can. Luckily in my shop, we have someone that can cover every aspect of tattoo. We have an artist, which is good at everything. Um, not that a specific person good at everything, but uh, he might be good at color. He might be good at old school yeah. traditional. He might be good at Polynesian tribal. I'm good at realism. Um, and if you turned around to me and said, oh, bro, I really want a little color thing here, I could do it for you. Do you know what I mean? Because I know how to do it, but do I enjoy it? And is, if it's for you, because I've built a relationship up with you and I've, I've done a design for you and I do all the other stuff on you, and you just want this piece, I'm going to do it for you. But if you walked in off the street and you said, can I have this little color thing? I'll go, bro, I don't do color. I'm not great. Right, go it. past that. Though. I, want, I, want, I want you to go past that a little bit and think about, um, a young 20-year-old lad comes in, wants to sleep, goes back and forth with you about design, a bit unsure. I had it not so long ago. I had it not so long ago. He or she's given you a deposit and they're literally about a couple of grand's on the table for you. Um, comes in, ready to do it, and it just doesn't feel right. What do you do? I, I tell them it doesn't feel right, pure and simple. I'll talk through. I'll try and talk them. Sometimes you just can't get into someone's head and a lot of the time those people they have no idea of what they actually genuinely want finished product and they don't know how to put it together so they're asking they have no idea of the concept of tattoos so they want like if you said i want this here can you do it i'll go it's going to be too small it's not going to look right it's not going to heal right in 10 years time it's going to look like a blob there's all those elements into tattoo which you've got to think about which yeah you're right that separates us from a walk-in high street tattoo artist will go, yeah, I'll do it, 50 quid, bang, boss, done. We want to put the love. I want my tattoo to look like it looks, but that line I did on your arm, I had to do it. I said, I have to get it this. I can't get it any smaller than that. I want it to look like this in 10 years' time. I want it to look 
clean, crisp, sharp. Mm. So you've got that on you for the rest of your life. So it, it, it's mainly because we can't find a middle ground on what's going to look good on their skin. And I'm not going to compromise my art. So if we can't, if we come to a clash and we come to head, I'd simply say politely, I don't think I'm the artist for you, mate. I'm really sorry. But I would do that before taking a deposit, to be fair. So also there was a scenario when I was in your studio and somebody just randomly came off the street. It was all tatted up and they wanted a bit of a space filled. And you said you don't have no space and they're going to have to wait a couple months or whatever. And they said, all right, I'll come back. And I was like, oh, that's you're always busy. And you're like, yeah, he won't come back. And I'm not going to say what you said, but you said if you look at the rest of his tattoos, they're not really professionally done. So he doesn't really care about what he gets done on his body. He wanted it in and out that job. said, he's also not going to pay the price that I'm going to charge him to put it on his body because you basically said you're a professional. And so I would have, I would have sat there, you know, six years ago even, and spent probably about 20 minutes, half an hour chatting back and forth to him. So that's just me being good at my job and me knowing time waste. So still being polite, still saying, do you know what? Okay, there's just, I take a different angle of like, yeah. I would just say, even if I'm not booked up, I would just say, you're going to have to wait till next year, mate. I'm really sorry. Even if I had a little gap next week, which I could feel it, fill it in, I'm not, I don't need to waste my time with it because I know there's more stuff that I'm going to be into That's amazing. and wanting to do, basically. So the burning question is, right? And this is for Instagram. The big burning question is, how do you sit there for eight hours and not fart? You usually go to the toilet, man. <laughs> you know, You know that... Oh, I just got to stretch my back. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you hear that crack on my back? Uh, that's funny. No, but there's loads. Is is how you sit there and, and do everything. Like, if you got, like, luckily me and you can just chat the whole way through. But if I've got to sit four to eight hours with someone and they've got no chat. Do you know what? I hate the ones. I hate football, yeah? Okay, I hate football. Okay, so... Not every, a lot of people like football. I would say probably 99% of the English population like football. So they'll go, oh, do you like football, mate? I'll go, nah, I can't stand it, bro. Oh, what sport are you into then? I like a bit of boxing, basketball. Oh, okay. Did you watch so and some stupid name I've never heard of? Did you watch so-and-so did I so score that actually? I don't like football, bro. Like, nah, I don't watch football. I don't know. What music you in? I'll change the subject. What music you into? Well, I'm not really into music. Okay, so I won't talk about that anymore because I'm not into music. And then they want to chat to me for four or five hours about football. And the, <laughs> the, the guy you're talking about could walk in the shop and book a tattoo. I wouldn't know who he is, mate. I wouldn't know who he, unless he, yeah. he plays. That's what you need. That's where you got, when I was back you, got, you got the skills to pay, like, play it off. There's been times I've been in like a gym and I heard someone talk or mention football and Liverpool won 3 0 yesterday. And then I'll go into the changing rooms like, oh, I don't even watch football. Oh, do you see Liverpool? Uh, I knew the person's into football. Oh, Liverpool yeah, but I've learned job. I can't do that. I can't do that. I learned <laughs> at a young age because if you, then they ask you another question. Well, what do you think about the transfer that he's doing? I'm like, <laughs> and you make yourself look like an idiot. And you're like, I don't, I don't know. I just blagged it, mate. I don't know. So what does success look like for you? Health, family, love. You look like you lost a bit of weight as well. I've been trained. Thank you. I was waiting for that. Come on, that took you a long time. Now, no, I um, initially thought it, but do you know what? I, um, yeah, it was the missus actually. She started, you know, you know, just trying to look after herself a little bit more. So that drives me to do it. Um, and I help her do it as well. But 
there's nothing else to do in this lockdown, bro. So I got a little... That's even more reason to eat. I think it's harder to stay disciplined in lockdown. And I think the first lockdown, bro, I did eat. And, mm. you know, I, I like a whiskey and stuff like that. And I like a beer. But I was just drinking every other day. And then it was coming every day. And I was just like, you know, whoa, this is not good. Like, not that I couldn't. Not, but it was just like... A habit you don't want to get into or entertain. I didn't want to get into that routine. And I'm not an addictive person when it comes to substances like that anyway, like alcohol and stuff. But I was just like, do you know what? I don't I don't want to go down this route. So when I came out of the first lockdown, I got a PT and he's really, really good, man. He he drove me and the missus to get healthier. And now obviously I'm back in lockdown. I can't go to the PT, but I've got a, a cut again, being a tattoo artist is the best. You meet so many people, a customer. I was chatting about, I'm, you know, I'm gutted because it looks like we're going into lockdown again. I'm going to miss a gym. She's like, I've got loads of weights you can have. I'll just drop them off to you. So I'll just give them to you. So she gave me a load of free weights. So I've got a treadmill, an old treadmill I got off uh, an uncle of mine. So I've been trying to get at it, man. Yeah, there's nothing else to do. So in between homeschooling, which I struggle with massively, massively, um, the only thing I'm good at doing with my eldest is the art. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, let's do it today. And then my missus is like, you know, he's got to do it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just showing him. I'm just showing him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, other than homeschooling, I'm doing a bit of training, going on walks. There's not a lot more else you can do, but just staying positive. What's positive next mental attitude. What's, what's next for you then? Another shop. Another shop. Um, with, with the same people I'm with now, but um, I want to, to be honest, I want to, there's, there's still elements of, you know, there's still elements of tattoos, which I do daily, which I prefer not to do. And that's like the generic stuff, the fashion tattoos, I call them. Okay. I'm not going to specify what they are because I don't want to upset anyone or put anyone off, but I like to do. Yeah, you shouldn't. Prop- that, that, I shouldn't. Uh, nah, you shouldn't. That happened. What's his name? Uh, Gerard, Gerald Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Radcliffe jewelry? No. The back before our time, it was the biggest jewelry service and business within Europe. And Gerald Ratcliffe was obviously the CEO and the founder. In that time, then it was like a billion pound business, right? Everything yeah. going on, money coming out of his ears, you know, up there with the Richard Bransons and stuff like that. And he did um, a speech at Royal Albert Hall. And basically he mocked, it was only a joke. He mocked one of his... his um, one of his jewelries basically for it was cheap and kind of referring to the people who buy it are cheap as well. It was only a joke. I mean, you'd probably look at laughed at it, but everybody in the crowd would have laughed at it because they would have never bought that jewelry because, you know, and then from there, mate, he lost everything, literally lost everything. The news picked it up and yeah, he's got a book re- reinvent yourself. And it's such a, uh, such a great read because really? he's obviously so learned from it, but it's a crazy how one, some people about his mistake. That's good. Like how one comment, because if you say, yeah, I don't like doing this and, and yes, that your customers do it. It's- and everyone's different. Everyone wants something, you know, and tattoos mean different things. Someone might just want it to look good. Someone may want it for a meaning. Same, some may want it for motivation. Someone There's loads for a loss. Spend time with your mate. And people, you know, want it for a lot. There's, tattoos are deep, man. They can, they can mean so many things and express so many things and mean so much personal stuff to people or just... I liked it, so it looked, it looked badass. Um, so yeah, my goal is I don't, I'm a bit I'm a bit know. in between there, really. Yeah, th- and that's cool as well. I think you, I'm a you bit, got elements of your 
tattoo that you just no, like but it's not even cool. that. For me, it's like I think even we worked most of it out when I was in there with you. And you're like, well, we could do this and do that. I was like, oh, just do that. Like, if you think it looks good or you think it's, you'd like to do it, let's do it. Because I, yeah. I, you know, you get, the, you get the best out of me if, if you sort of, that's the ones I love. Like, it, I don't if think I've got I put person, anything into it. You were like, okay, no, we do. You, you gave me a theme and a base. And that's where you will get the best out of your tattoo artist or a good tattoo artist. If, if you say, I like this. I want you to put on me and work it how it looks good on me. When you've got people that come in and they want this exactly there, this image like that, they want this there, they want that. What about it when it took somebody's work off of Google? Yeah, that's that's such a difficult one, man. I'll always try and change it. So if if they brought me just a screenshot of someone else's tattoo, I'm gone, that's really nice. And we can do something very, very similar, but I can't rip it off. We've got to change it up. You know, that that's just, it's one of those things. I mean, there is plenty of images you can get off Google, which the same tattoo artist would use repeatedly because that's a cool image. And that's okay because it's just a picture of that woman and that tattoos really well. But you can add a little bit of flair, a little bit of artistic, you know, difference to it. But my end goal is, bro, I don't want to, I, I only want to do stuff I'm really interested in eventually. And I'm talking a while, but like something I'm excited about. If I've got to go and just do a specific tattoo, yeah, okay, I'm in there. I still enjoy the tattoo and it's still going to put 100% into it. But I want to be able to, to go to everyone. No, I only want to do that. I only want to do that. I'm only going to do that today. I only want to work this day. So with a new shop, I can then start teaching, pass it on, um, focus on other people and then just do the tattoos I want to do. And then essentially I want to be sat on holiday and earning money. The only way I earn money now is if I'm tattooing or doing something related to me tattooing. So if I'm selling a design or a, not, a piece of not, art. You're not a business. I'm not a business that's or what, a part, of, part of a business. That's literally what I, a realisation that I've had. If I go and crash on the M5 now, um, all money stream Done. die. So it's, it's a, understand. there's nothing wrong with what we're doing, but it's good to always know. We've, we've solved and we've mastered one element. Now it's about mastering. Do you know, it's, it's, fun, it's really funny you say that because I had a, a chat with my eldest, but I think he's going down the same route as me. He struggles a little bit academically, but practically amazing. Um, and he was doing some artwork and he wasn't really trying. He was rushing it a little bit. And I said to him, I was careful because I didn't want to put him down, but I was like, bro, like you, you can't, you're not just going to get a job in a tattoo shop because you're my son. Okay. Mm. You, you can't just come in off my reputation you're good and you're amazing at art, but you need to perfect and hone those skills. You need to be good at it. What if I went out and died tomorrow or five years time from now and you're not a tattoo artist, you're not established, you're not in a shop. You can't go to a tattoo shop or set up your own tattoo shop. But, oh yeah, but my dad was. I said, you need to be wow. you, man. Wow. You need to be you. And he cried and it got, we got a bit emotional, but this was yesterday. But I said, literally yesterday, and I said, heaven forbid, you know, let's hope nothing happens to me, mate, but I don't, I haven't got a crystal ball. You need to do you. You can't come off of me. Let's talk. Sorry to cut you off. I think I just know that we're, we're tough for time. Um, I was listening to something, right? What do you think to this? Chucking it out there in the UK, more than a quarter of children whose parents have split up, have no contact with their father three years after the event. Yeah. So, shit, man. 
So 25% of people break ups, basically there's no contact yet for some fathers. What, due to the father or due to the mother being? What, 25% you think that's all down to the mother? No way. Well, I, I can't understand. I can't answer that because that's not in me. That's, it, it, that's just pure and simple. That's my only answer for that. That's, I don't know how they can. That's not in me. Even if I didn't get on with the mother, I'd go to the court. I'd do everything I possibly could to try and make 100%. it happen. Even though it's easier said than done, but I just don't, I think... Y you fight. But how that's, much... That's, you, your, that's you. That's, that's a part of you. Why that's do you your... think there is a disconnect with some... That's just no contact, right? Think about the, the, the fathers who dip in and out of their lives just a little bit. They, like, why, do just you, wait. why do you know? But why do you think there is a disconnect between the father... You know what? There's, there's also there's there's two ways of looking at it okay my other attitude would be if i was in that situation and my dad didn't want nothing to do with me or was laxed with it whatever i don't need you man i'm gonna do it without you i would also cut them out of my life i'm that kind i am quite cutthroat mm. so if if you weren't showing me love and and support and letting me down i would then turn around and go do you know what is he, I suppose it goes back to school. I can do it. Right? I think, even, I I think even like Jay Cole said something like, he said something, um, how are you going to turn your back on your son and then go and start a family, another family? What type of shit is that? Like, Disgusting. I couldn't, I, mean? I couldn't but, do it. I haven't, I haven't got a deep answer for you with that because... But what, why I, do you think... The, I only seen it and uh, well, I heard it yesterday and I thought, that's deep, man. I'm going to ask, um, and I'm going to ask Ben about it. And it's not because I think you got the answer because you're both of our conversations. We don't ever claim to have the answers, but we chuck ideas in the hat. And I try and work out why, because for me, straight away, I'm thinking, God, man, us men need to do better. Yeah. There's going to be some extreme circumstances. Where we do need to do better. We do need there to There is going to be some extreme circumstances where there is going to be an, you know, an element of something's happened where the dad can. But then on the other hand, it's like, even if you're in present in the in the kid's life, there's a lot of many think. Okay, if the, especially if they're the men earning the most money, is thinking, well, I'm working all day, so I can go and do what I want. You just have to look after my kids. Where I think being a good dad isn't about being one dimensional, just give it, just um, paying the bills. Actually, being a good mm -hmm. a good dad is basically even what you've just said. You've got to be there owning your skills. You've got to be there mentally, emotionally. Like how many other dads really sit there with their children and cry and being willing or willing to have that that kind of um, vulnerability to show them that it's okay to cry. It's, it's okay, okay to massively, um, massively it is. But a lot of men um, are one-dimensional where they think they just because essentially we're more than just ATM machines and our children need that. Yeah, I think that's more of an old school way of looking at it as well. I think, the, I, well... It's, it's um times times are changing and i think men are opening up to their emotions and their feelings more do you know what i mean um not just being dads but in general which is really important mental health is massive and i think the old school way of looking at men bottling it up and not it, it, i i i mean going slightly off the subject but i had a person ask me the other day a friend of mine um he says i'm not going to get into whether i believe you yeah, know, yeah, lockdown is and, and coronavirus and all that bollocks. But um, he said to me, um, 
if you're if your friend if you're in lockdown, it, it, let me all right, let me change it. If my friend rang me tomorrow and said, "I need you," I'm feeling like this. Whatever to lockdown, whatever to coronavirus, I'm going to him. I'm helping. I'm being there for him. Am I going to keep the two meter de- uh, distance, or am I going to embrace him? I'm going to embrace him if he needs me. Am I going to wear a mask? No, I'm not. I'm going to go and be there for my friend. Am I going to be worried about if he's got a disease or a, you know a virus or whatever? I'm being there for him, and I'm going to ring him first, and I'm going to check in on him. Mm. But if he needs me, I'm there, and I'm not telling everyone's got to do that, and that's what yeah. people have got to do. But we live in a day and age where I don't think we're necessarily fighting a virus and fighting governments and and all that deep stuff. We're fighting people's emotions and mental health, and and that's that's where the real that's where the real pandemic is. And that's oh, and that's why we're doing this today. Anyway, Ben, I just want to say thank you for your time. The reason why we're not just going to keep going on and on and on because I actually, we can go on for days, mate. I think we do it in the tattoo shop. I do think we, we should do uh, do this on a regular basis. I think it would be good for both of our kind of mental health as well. Just, you know, checking in as friends. Massively. Also recording it for everyone else and just having an open chat and having a discussion. Um, I would say where's all your links and your, your Instagram pages and stuff. But what I'll do is nobody's going to type it off what you say. So I'll put it all in the descriptions and I'll tag thank you, you on, all on my Instagram and stuff like that. But yeah, Ben, thank you for your time, my man. And, thank um, you, brother guys there you have it right i'm not going to say too much more apart from obviously like comment and share go to apple Podcasts and spotify but remember in life there's two tables on one table you've got excuses on the other table there's results you can sit on one table but you cannot sit on both until next time i'll see you soon stay strong